Aloha, Maui Nui. Hello, this is Josh Porter. Jason Burkhart. How you doing, folks? Welcome to the Solar Coaster. This is episode 163. We have Brian Thomas. Say hello, Brian. Hi. And Fellerman in the studio. It's going to be a fast one. I recorded a show yesterday with VP of Corporate Relations of Hawaiian Electric, Mr. Jim Kelly. And being the chatterbox that I am, it took about 45 minutes. So we're going to run through our first section pretty quickly. Uh, Jay, you ready to go? Absolutely. Let's do this. Okay, folks, this is the Solar Coaster. We are a renewable energy-themed talk show right here in lovely Maui County. It can be found Fridays at 1.05 p.m. on Ka'oi 1110 a.m. Also some FM stations, 96.7 FM Central Maui, 96.5 FM Westside, 98.7 FM Upcountry www.solar-coaster.com is where you can listen live, check out all our old shows, and get links to all our uh, social media and YouTube presence stuff. Do that, www.solar-coaster.com. All right, got some podcasts out there, right? iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Just say, play Solar Coaster Podcast. Should pop right up on all 160 uh, three uh, glorious episodes. We also have some sponsors out there. Maui Office of Economic Development, the Kamaina First Program. Fairwinds Wealth Management with Brian Thomas in here right now. I'm going to say hi, Brian. Hello. What's your phone number people want to reach you? 808-873-3247. Very good. Enduro Shield and Perfectly Clear Glass, as well as Sundrum Solar and Solar Edge are involved with the Solar Coaster now doing some really exciting testing of systems in Maui. Let's get to news and events. Right away. Okay, solar applications are skyrocketing across the state. A um, number of news agencies actually picked this up, both in local Maui News and um, the KHON News Channel. Uh, basically, it comes down to this. I mean, we're all staying at home a lot. We're spending a lot more time in the house, running the AC, whatever else, and people's electric bills are going up. So. A lot of people are out there now looking for ways to mitigate that. How do you do it? You get solar on your home. Uh, permits are up 40%, guys. Yeah, you can check this out if you want to read about it at uh, Maui uh, Maui Now, right? Uh, MauiNews.com, mm-hmm. that is, rather, and also KHON2. Uh, you know, it's, it's really good news because in light of a lot of really kind of downer news, right, this is something that's, that's robust, that's thriving, that's growing, not without its problems, but certainly a really kind of like positive thing. What do you think, Brian? I think it's great that people are taking charge of their future ability to generate electricity. They're not relying on traditional ways whether it be in their planting their own gardens and stuff like that. So it's all of that part of that big effort. For sure. And it's amazing, too, from the perspective of a guy that money manages money, uh, th- what an amazing way to take charge of not only your own energy and energy resilience and energy security, but also to you know save money to be able to protect. Well, this is one of the first things you really should be doing, right? Yep. Yep. Awesome. Okay, cool. All right, Jay. Uh, so uh, what's the next one? Uh, so we've been trying to get down in, in that vein. Um, Peterson Dean, uh, a couple of years ago, purchased Haleakala Solar. As uh, most of us know, if you follow the show regularly, you know this. Um, they unfortunately, as of June 11th, have filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. And we've been trying to follow this up uh, a number of different ways. And right now, they're not answering the phone directly. Uh, We've tried a few different phone numbers, uh, have gotten nothing but recorded messages. There is, however, a case available. uh, You can follow the case online if you're interested. It's uh, dm.epiq11.com. That's a very weird one. epiq11.com slash peterson dean that's with an e-n-p-t-e-t-e-r-s-e-n-d-e-a-n yeah and if you call the the main line they're going to refer you to this epic this company epic and that that phone number you can call them and they're going to get you this uh website that we just mentioned and there is a brief description of the case information there and basically they're saying hey they're restructuring under chapter 11 protection and they're going to be looking to uh follow up on jobs uh shortly it says after july 1st it is july 3rd so we're not hearing yet any thoughts guys yeah, it's hard to imagine how it's going to unfold, you know, because there's the parent company and then there's all those embedded contracts here. And the, the bankruptcy process can, it, there's wide variance of how it's going to unfold. And, and, and when we, we, too early, we just don't know. We don't know. It's a tough thing, too. If you're in that process and you've made some milestones of payment as a client and you're wondering what's happening, that's an unsettling place to be in. So hopefully we hear some more information and we can talk more about it next week. Maybe we'll be able to get a hold of someone by then, you know? Yeah. Um, all right. And then we do have a couple of, this show is about uh, about the the movie, movement towards our 100% renewable energy mandate with Jim Kelly. 
Well, there are some interesting events happening, Jay. There's two of them going on. There's Pule Hua, which is actually the 40 megawatt project, which we reference in this. There's a virtual meeting, a town hall meeting. Uh, that is at 6 p.m. on July 13th. Uh, you can check that out online. Uh, you can join that and participate in this. Also, what's the one that you saw, Jay, from Interjex? So there's a virtual open house from Interjex announced. Um, there's a 220-acre project in Kahana, um, close to the, the Kapalua Airport, that they are asking people to uh, weigh in at this virtual open house on. You can go to Kahana Solar Project, K-A-H-A-N-A, -A Solar Project, all one word, dot com, and click the registration link, or uh, you can email kahanasolar at interjects.com. Uh, either way, I recommend people do this. Uh, this is the best way to get your voice heard if you're, if you're local there. Uh, it is near a residential community there, uh, near the Kapalua Airport. Um, but this one is coming up right this, this is the last go. show we can talk about it. Tuesday, July 7th, 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. All right. So Tuesday, July 7th is when this virtual public open house is going on. It's time to head over to our commercial break. Kamaaina First is an exciting new program supported by the County of Maui Office of Economic Development to bring our local community together during this difficult time for businesses. To see all of the Maui County special offers, visit kamaainafirst.com. Or if you're a local business owner, then share your great offer for free. Visit kamaainafirst.com for a participant registration form and join the Kamaaina First Facebook group to stay connected. Kamaaina First, locals supporting locals. Enduro Shield glass protection is the cost-effective way to help protect your PV investment, reduce cleaning needs, and help maximize power production. Enduro Shield prevents etching, helps reduce soiling and debris buildup. At only two molecules thick, Enduro Shield is optically clear, UV transparent. A one-time application provides up to 10 years of durability. To learn more about the coating, visit EnduroShield.com/solar. You can request factory application or on-site by certified technicians like the team at Perfectly Clear in Hawaii. And for on-site applications in Western U.S., visit PerfectlyClear.glass or call Gary at 808-280-9422. That's 808-280-9422. Sundrum Solar is the manufacturer of a revolutionary thermal collector that fits on the underside of your standard PV panel to maximize energy capture per square foot. The Sundrum Solar Hybrid PVT system, combined photovoltaic and thermal, holds the world record for peak efficiency, capturing an astounding 86% usable energy. Learn how Sundrum Solar vastly improves electric, heating, and cooling economics at sundrumsolar.com. All right, folks. Well, here we are with Mr. Jim Kelly, Vice President of Public Relations at Hawaiian Electric. Did I, did I say that correctly? Close enough. Close enough. All right, that'll do. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk with us at the Solar Coaster. I reached out to you in the last day or so when I saw this really great press release that I thought just kind of set the stage for what's coming in the next five or 10 years of a tremendous amount of renewable energies in the in Hawaii, in part as we move towards our 100% renewable energy goal, kind of setting the stage. So it is exciting to talk to you, sir. Welcome to the Solar Coaster. Thanks, Josh. I really appreciate not only that you say our news releases are really, really exciting, but uh, it's really great to be on Solar Coaster. Uh, um, uh, really appreciate that you take the time to uh, um, you know, look at some of these issues that, that it really is important that, that people understand what's going on. And, and so thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we love it. It's, it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. And so, you know, one of the things that I find interesting about what's happening right now is that your job, I suppose, you're communicating with the, with the, with the account holders, with the citizens of, of Hawaii, and you're helping them understand kind of the scope of what's going on. The, the implementation of the 100% renewable energy mandate. That's a that's a tall order, a tall task. But not only are you doing that, you're also communicating to the rest of the country and, and in a sense, the world about the evolution and the, the moving towards this mandate. People are looking and companies and utilities and innovators and CEOs and founders and technologists and just futurists are all looking at us all the time. And you know, you did a great job with this press release that popped into my inbox a couple of days ago. I was like, oh, this really set the stage or what is coming. So that's a tall task that you have there. And I think you did a great job with it. What's going on? What, what, what was the genesis of this press release? And what does it say? You know, how did it get kind of formed up? Well, I think there's been so much discussion since the onset of the COVID pandemic 
um, about the uh, you know the the fact that the the economy has really taken a hit, the tourism especially has taken a hit. That that everyone I think is looking for options and and ideas for you know how do we keep people working? How do we get the economy restarted? What resources do we have available in Hawaii that we can uh, call on to you know put people to work? Look at generating tax revenue. Look at generating uh, you know, getting getting dollars flowing in the economy in a way that doesn't involve, you know, uh, the the tourism industry, which we know is already you know working to get restarted. And so, as we talked about um, our uh, all of the different projects that are that are kind of teed up right now across the state for renewable energy, as well as the rooftop solar industry, which is has been remarkably resilient. Uh, over the last few months, um, we've actually seen, um, you know, more than 3,000 systems that have been uh, connected just since the beginning of the year, which is well ahead of last year. Um, and obviously, some of these systems may have, probably most of them were probably in the in progress before March when we really saw the impact of COVID set in. But but the fact that that is uh, that industry is continuing to move along and that we're really trying to work closely with the, the solar industry to, to do what we can to streamline the processes for getting applications processed, for getting people out there to install a second meter if that's needed, to really kind of keep things moving along so that so that, that industry, which is a big part of the, the move to 100% renewable energy, obviously the big projects get a lot of press and a lot of publicity, but it's really important for people to know that Hawaiian Electric is is assuming and counting on um, practically everybody who can having a rooftop solar system to for us to reach that 100% uh, renewable energy mandate by 2045, and we're off to a great great start. We're like you were saying, um, we're so far ahead of every other state in terms of the percentage of customers who have rooftop solar. Um, people are obviously seeing the advantage of it with lower bills, uh, but they're also they can say, "Hey, I'm part of the, I'm part of the march of progress. I'm part of the the transformation to get off fossil fuels and to, uh, you know, have this be a true clean energy economy." Wow. Yeah. There's uh, there's so much in what you just said that 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 gets me uh, jazzed and excited. You know. So when we think about uh, the relationship between the uh, individual residential systems and commercial systems, which uh, tend to be grouped into one, and then also the uh, utility scale. I mean, you said, for example, the utility is 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 actually counting on uh, individuals to be, to install resident residential solar on every roof, uh, and that's remarkable because I think sometimes people think, well, it's been challenging to get solar over the years, although we have this really high penetration. And now these huge solar systems are going in. Uh, but now, of course, it, it actually is pretty easy for people to get solar. They're installing it in droves. And you said we have this huge increase uh, year over year, which is wonderful to, to, to hear. So it's very good to, to get a sense that it really is. Um, it's not just utility scale. It's not just commercial. It's not just residential. It's a full mix. Every house will probably end up having solar in the upcoming years. So give us a sense, if you would, of the current status of the renewable energy, um, I'd say percentages for Hawaiian Electric, and then where you see it going due to these new projects that are that are being planned. Right, and you know, I really hope everybody will take a minute. We uh, have this, we call it a renewable energy status board, um, and it's on our website, hawaiianelectric.com. It's easy to find, but it's it is literally an updated scoreboard of all of the big renewable energy projects that are, so that are cool. in progress right now. And some of them have just been, uh, we had 16 projects that we announced about a month ago that were in the process of negotiating contracts with those developers. There are projects that are already in, in, uh, in progress and under construction. Um, there's projects that are like uh, um, PGV over on the big island um, that are still, right. you know, working on getting that uh, repaired after the eruption two years ago. They really want to try to come you know, on. Geothermal. 
uh, which was a big part of the renewable energy mix. It is. I mean, when you think when you think about what Hawaii has, it really is amazing for for such a small, geographically isolated place. We have geothermal, we have biomass, we have biofuels, we have solar, we have wind, we have hydroelectric, and more and more we're getting storage. Uh, there's a number of projects that are noted um, that are, uh, and one for Maui that we hope to do, which is, you know, an energy storage project, because the price of energy storage has come down dramatically in the last few years. And frankly, the footprint of storage is is pretty mainly something that most people can, you're not talking about a large, you know, public footprint. It's big boxes um, that most of the time we are able to fit on you know existing utility property that, that we have so um yeah we're it, it's it's really so there's really 29 projects right now that are in various states of progress in the state um, worth probably close to four billion dollars <laughs> you know going back to okay when we're trying to figure out how do we get the economy jump started how do we get people working um what can we do to get can you know to get um, business moving. It's really important to think about this industry because it doesn't require a lot of the ideas you read about involve the state putting out a lot of money. Okay, well, we need to have, you know, the state's going to have to, you know, bail this, this outfit out or is going to have to provide hundreds of millions of dollars in tax incentives or they're going to have to do. Right now, these projects, uh, uh, most of them, they're not relying on any kind of state government incentives or the state throwing money at them. They're, they're projects that are involved, you know, private investment in the state of Hawaii um, by private entities that see, as you said, that see the future of clean energy and see the potential of this industry. And they want to put their money down here and they want to spend money. They want to create jobs and they want to, you know, build these projects and, and be successful for themselves, obviously, but also for, for the state of Hawaii. The more of these projects we get in, and, and we think if if everything went perfectly, which we know things will not go perfectly, nobody anticipated a pandemic and you know everything else and hurricanes and eruptions, but but you know let's say in in a magical world everything went perfectly over the next five years, all of these projects came online, we'd be well over sixty percent renewable in Hawaii, and Maui would be very close to around 90%. Uh, the Big Island, very close to 100%. And um, Oahu, obviously, just because it's, you know, smaller, has a lot less uh, land for big projects. Um, there's a lot more load demand over on Oahu. Um, that's going to probably be um, the laggard uh, as we move forward. But even, even Oahu would be very close to, I think, you know, 30, 40% renewable, which is pretty, pretty remarkable. So yeah, the next five years really be, you know, game changing in terms of where the state is with renewable energy. Wow. So when we think about this um, kind of reboot to the economy, I, you know, I really, I really get enthusiastic about the idea that renewable energy can be this kind of foundational element of that. And uh, for, for a lot of reasons, you know, like, and you, and you touched on many of them, <clears throat> but you know, you have, first of all, it's, it, we're, not, we're not stimulating the economy artificially through uh, whatever state mechanism, right? This is out, outside uh, of companies and inside companies. I know people here that are bidding on some of these projects, right? That are, that are investing in Hawaii and the idea of Hawaii. They believe in Hawaii. And that's very, very true when you talk to the decision makers because it can be pricey for them in comparison to other states to do business here. And I've even asked them really specifically, how does this pencil out for you? And they've said to me, you know, people that are in, in control of, let's say, um, you know, a few gigawatts of deployed assets around the world, 20, 30 different projects and, and really serious energy IPPs. Um, and they've said, look, you've got to be in Hawaii. It's happening in Hawaii. This is the place that, that, that everything is, is going to happen first. So that, you know, they believe in our community, they believe in our state in a really special way that kind of touched me, you know, and, and, and I think it's important and valuable for the citizens of Hawaii, people that, that to hear that and know how much the rest of the world is prioritizing and looking at this advancement. And then not only are they saying they like it, saying they support it, 
they're literally putting down billions. You just said between three and four or five billion dollars in this particular round, and that's not even the end of the end of the whole thing. There's more coming. That's exactly right. right. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Direct investment no. in our economy. No, and and you know this is this is the ultimate perfect twofer, or maybe even threefer, in that yeah. this isn't just building infrastructure to to you know fix a fix up a road or something. This is once these projects are built, once pe more people have rooftop solar on their roofs, once we're shutting down uh, fossil fuel plants and not being you know seesawed by the worldwide price of oil as we've been. These are projects that are going to benefit everybody for the next, you know, 30 to 50 years. Our, our, our electric bills are going to go down. Greenhouse gas emissions are going to be dramatically down. Um, we're going to be, you know, uh, really making a contribution to the, you know, world's efforts to fight climate change. And um, so we're getting, you know, the, the immediate benefit of putting people to work, generating tax revenue, generating local businesses. I mean, when you talk about a project, even a solar project, which, you know, it, it doesn't have a lot of moving parts in terms of, you know, how, you know, the construction of it. But, but I remember being part of a project where when you think about how many trips that that contractor is making to the local hardware store, that the, the number of plate lunches, the crews buying, yeah, yeah. the time they're gassing up their truck, the time that they're their trucks fixed at the local place the time that you know just all of the way that those those uh, that money ripples through the local economy really makes a, a huge huge difference and so we get that benefit and we get the benefit going forward and our kids get it and grandkids hopefully that that electricity is cheaper in Hawaii that it's cleaner that it's greener and that we're really making a huge contribution as huge as it can be for our tiny little state to uh, reducing greenhouse gas emissions. So it's, it's, it's all good. Yeah, it's a model. I can tell you from the perspective of a, of a, of a person that did some installation and I did some solar farms about five, geez, must be about seven years ago now, so a while back, some of those initial feed-in tariff projects. And I remember getting the call from the, the, the fellows that uh, were going to uh, own the systems. <clears throat> And there's, I can see the different impacts on the local economy. Just thinking about that project over a few year period, it started out with a call saying, hey, we need help doing this. And then my company was able to employ people to do these different aspects of the project. I remember sitting out there on a, a you know, a least bit of land in, in West Maui, trying to find the TMK boundaries on the back of my pickup truck with the owners of this big engineering firm out of Denver, great guys. And, uh, and then seeing that project all the way through to today with step by step of investment in the community uh, through the point where one of my friends, my good friends is, is the vegetation control uh, company and they're out there constantly keeping that. And, and I'll tell you what, you know, cane grass grows, right? So it, 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 he's got a lot of work and <laughs> he's constantly doing erosion control, vegetation control. He employs people. He has uh, you know, heavy equipment. He does a really great job. So that's a, uh, just that, that small project, there were four of those, just that small project alone, it's really clear to me the investment in the, in the investment in our local economy on a regular basis over a period of time. Now, these projects are a way, you know, big multiple of that. We're talking about things in the 15 and even up to 60 megawatt range in solar and uh, about four or five X that storage. It does uh, feel like there's the opportunity to, to, to get a very real injection into the economy of well construction jobs and, and, and a whole series of things over the upcoming years. That's great for people to know that that's happening. And that's real evidence of a diversification of our economy. That's one stage of it. And then of course, you know, I had a mayor Arakawa on our show a few years ago, really interesting perspective and a policymaker that was just brilliant, had unbelievable hold on the, the, on the, on the overall scope of the potential of renewable energy. And you know, he talked a lot about one specific thing. He mentioned the, the export of money uh, in what we could call petrodollars. And the, the, the instability of that in the world markets has one of the largest impacts on the local community's wealth. And if we can shift towards renewable energies in a, in a, in a substantial way, that will have the largest impact on, on retaining local wealth. I thought, what a, what a 
amazing way to put it because that's people often ask me like Josh hey it's a fun show we have a good time you're enthusiastic but what we care about is is paying less and, and, and making sure we save money right so this is a real effort in that direction I think it's remarkable no and especially we haven't even talked really about uh, you know um, electric mobility which is really just starting to take off in Hawaii and, and Maui was one of the early adapters but but again you talk about the petrodollars leaving the state imagine if you fill up your car with the system that's on your rooftop. You never go to the gas station, you never buy another gallon of gasoline, you know, in your life. And that you basically are filling up your car or hopefully someday we'll have trucks for free, you know, from the sunshine that, that's flowing into your system. And that's money that, again, is in your, is in your pocket, paying out, um, uh, you know, a world away to, uh, you know, some, a uh, place where we're, well, or even our own country, where we're making our own these days. But, uh, but again, that's a long-term, you think, five, ten years down the line, what that could look like for, you know, not just rich folks, but for the average family, the average working family, that that, that investment in rooftop solar and also in, in you know, once, once I think still the price of electric vehicles comes down, that that's going to be a real great option for so many people and so many small businesses. Um, and that's money that's going to stay in the economy locally. Yeah, yeah. The electric vehicle revolution, the electrification and transportation, uh, we're definitely, you know, the tip of the spear in some respects uh, for that. I think per capita, we've got a pretty high rate of adoption already. Uh, I've got a lot of friends that own EVs. Uh, back in this, my solar days, I was sizing systems to account for EV consumption. Right. That was really yep. fun, you know, and the initial outset of that. One of the things, of course, people are going to save money. They're going to get better performance. They're going to be cleaner and greener. And all those things are great. You know, there, there's also some interesting consequences uh, to how you produce and store and use energy in your home. I'll give you a heads up to something we're doing out here uh, in Makawao in partnership with SolarEdge. We're testing uh, these new technologies that allow uh, self-supply systems to shift energy to different loads so the grid doesn't have to manage that back additional backfeed which creates mm. better stability so as an example imagine you have a solar system that could be 200 percent the size of your inverter and then when you've met all your loads and when your storage is full well let's just shift it on over to our ev and start charging that ev up or if that ev is out for that particular moment let's shift it on over to our hot water or to maybe we've got a, a pool and that's an pretty much an infinite load right to heat that pool up so uh, that ability to, to move energy around, that type of technology is being pioneered by some amazing companies. And where do they decide to do it? Well, right here in Hawaii, because this is where it's happening. And again, they want to be able to participate and show that kind of advanced technology you know, in, in the state of Hawaii. So there's just so much innovation. It almost starts to feel like we're, we're, we're birthing like a technical kind of component, a tech industry in, in Hawaii, which would be so cool. Yeah, absolutely we are. I mean, there's just been so much innovation that's happened with so much that we've seen in the Bay, you know, moves on to other places. Um, you know, I, I mean, there's no, there's no getting around it. Um, you know, Hawaii can be a challenging place to, to do business. Um, I think one of the things that people who are listening really want to think about, all right, well, how, you know, what can I do to move this along? There's a lot of projects right now that are going through the to the process of community engagement. And they're doing actually a lot of virtual meetings, uh, you know, projects on Maui, on Oahu, on Hawaii Island, where, and that's something that, that Hawaiian Electric is really now requiring developers to early on engage with the community, engage with the people that are basically gonna be the neighbors of a project and lay it out for them early and make sure they know everything they want to know about that that project whether it's solar or or storage or what, whatever it might be and you know i think some of the pushback we've had in the past has been because people were surprised um when suddenly there's you know stakes put up and there's a you know truck <laughs> and then it's like you know what the yeah. heck is that and this way is going to be much better i think and it'll help the process move more streamline it in terms of getting the right approvals from the state and the county and regulators when the 
developers can say, hey, we met with the community. We had, you know, five or six good meetings. We had we changed our plans a little bit as a result of hearing some feedback on, on different things. And so um, all of that, uh, like I said, and I think we're finding actually with virtual meetings, it's easier for people to participate because they're not having to drive someplace at six o'clock at night. Yeah. Yep. They can, they can watch it at their kitchen table. They can look at it after the fact. They can send in comments then. So I, I think we've actually been seeing more participation uh, rather than less. So that's that's all good. We want people to be engaged and involved in, in, in how these projects are being, are, are, are gonna be in their community. Yeah, you know, you bring up a great point. And, you know, while we have these um, 29 planned renewable energy projects present, uh, and um, 14 on Oahu, eight on Hawaii, seven in Maui. And when we look at that, there's such potential and we get, we're getting close and it feels like, okay, well, how do we make sure this moves as smoothly as it possibly can? And of course we have in Maui, we have the example of uh, Paiahu and uh, the Interjects project. We've had done maybe four or five shows with Interjects over that process from the, the and, and, and a part of what we were doing was trying to be engaged with that process and then bring that back to the community in a, in a long form audio and video uh, format so people would have better access. Because it's tough, like you said, to go up to Kula at 6 p.m. on a Tuesday <laughs> to listen to, right. the, to, to, the, uh, to the event and participate. Um, so that, in my mind, I, I, I really think it's wonderful that there's more community engagement. And I think that there, but there definitely needs to be, you know, as I, I hope that, that our community can feel genuinely enthusiastic as we do as energy geeks uh, in, in the, the advancement of these systems. Because if they do and if they feel a part of it and if they feel like they, they've had a voice and they as well can participate, they not only can, but the utility and the community is saying, hey, we need your roof. <laughs> you know, Let's put solar on your roof. Right. And there's ways to do that that won't cost you a dime too these days, right? So if they can feel participate, that they have a, a room to participate, that they have a long-term kind of future benefit individually, that their voice is relevant, and that they themselves, you know, can have their own solar as well. I think there's room to, to move these projects along with, um, you know, in a smooth fashion. And I'm excited about that. And I think it's really important. I, I would really hate, because, you know, one of the things about Hawaii that, that, that I always find fascinating, there's such a spectrum and diversity of opinions for anything. Something that we would think would be really easy, you're going to hear people say, 100% no and 100% yes in the same room. <laughs> so, you know, it, it is challenging to be able to set that up and, and be able to make it move, move smoothly. But, but I hope that uh, I hope that these 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 next few projects uh, move uh, in, in a smooth fashion and that we see deployments quickly and we're able to make those huge jumps in renewable energy participation. I really, really am kind of crossing my fingers for that. Yeah, I mean, again, especially now when we're looking at, uh, you know, what can we do? What homegrown industry do we have that we can um, nurture and and help help grow? And and renewable energy is is a real, you know, it, it is absolutely we're, we're experienced. We've been in the renewable energy business for a long, long time in this state, and and we know how to do it. And um, we we're, we're just, we just think the next ten years are going to be really really amazing. They sure are. Can, can we talk about a couple of the specific projects in brief, just to get sure. a sense of some of the scope of these? What's going on in the respective islands? What's the overall footprint? What's the size of these systems? Let's talk in terms of uh, if we say megawatts. I'm going to try to translate it to panel counts so people can get a sense of how big it is. You know, wh what do these things look like? Um, well. Uh, we can talk about one of the projects that we have is is on Maui, and we were uh, successful. We Hawaiian Electric were a successful bidder on on that. That's a uh, um, a energy storage project um, that is going to be over at the um, let's see. Uh, is that at the base station by Maui Lani? Um, no, this is the one. There is a, a uh, let's see, sorry, um, I should I have my list up? Oh, it's okay. Take your time. No worries. We can. <laughs> um, it, it's at at Waena. My understanding is it's near the uh, near the dump. Does that sound right? There oh, yep. Have... I've heard yeah. of that. So I've that's heard of that. A, yeah. Yeah, that's a forty megawatt energy storage project, um, and so cool. they, that's that's boxes. 
Um, and, and that's yeah, 40 be, megawatt, I guess, was a stick at 40 megawatt hours of energy uh, storage. So, right. uh, and that will be there. I wonder what, um, the, how that will function for us, if that will provide, you know, energy arbitrage or, or, or like or grid, you know, a re voltage regulation or free. Yeah, I think that's, that's the main, the main purpose of that is, is exactly that voltage regulation and, uh, um, you know, helping to, to, um, you know, smooth out as, as, you know, as we needed during the day. Um, the other, there's, uh, I think I saw uh, this uh, Pulehu uh, project by uh, solar and uh, um, storage. So it's 40 megawatts. Um, uh, that's, so that's, I, what, what would that be for, for panel count? Oh boy. Uh -oh. I got yeah. I'm gonna end the gun here on, on some on some math. Let's see what we can, we can figure it out. I want to say there were 40 megawatts, 40 million watts, and let's say it's a utility scale panel, and it's 400 watts per panel. Then I'm gonna say in the hundred thousand module territory, but uh, it, that's that's a lot of space, you know. And this is um, many 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 acres of uh, of land being uh, utilized. So. Is this this is over in the West Maui area near Tapu? Yeah, I believe area. that's right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's and as we say, I mean, every every technology has has its uh, you know it, it's a choice with everything. People like solar. They've certainly been you know, we've, with wind, there've been, there's been a lot more pushback with wind in the last few years. And um, people will say, well, gosh, I, you know, I'm, I'm for renewable energy. I, I, you know, I'd support a solar project uh, rather than wind, but, you know, solar has a pretty good size footprint as well. Um, it's, it's just, it doesn't move the way that a wind turbine does. But um, so everything we say, we have, we have our seven renewable energy principles, and one of the last, the last principle is there is no perfect choice. Every choice you make is going to have trade-offs, whether they're a physical trade-off or an environmental trade-off or a financial trade-off. Um, you know, we're looking to uh, in the next couple of years, the coal plant over on Oahu um, uh, will. Uh, stop or a contract we didn't renew with them. Um, you know, the coal plant on Oahu provides about 25, 20% of the power on Oahu. And it's, it is the cheapest energy on the grid. Um, and that's the case on the mainland as well with a lot of places, but, but we, we don't want to burn coal. We want to replace that with something clean, but that's, that's what I mean when I talk about there being a trade-off. Um, right. Yeah, that's, 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 that's life. That's, that's business. That's the world. That's how things operate. But there's a lot of benefits here, you know. And then when we think about um, something like Pulehua, I think it's how you pronounce it. I'm not sure. But Pulehua, yep. Pulehua, okay. So, you know, we're looking at, we said, if, assuming it's 100,000 modules, and I might be off by a few percentage points there, but then we're looking at, I would suspect on the order of geez, 100, it's, hundred plus acres, maybe, right? It's pretty big, right? So um, that's a big chunk of land. People in Hawaii, of course, are um, very uh, protective of their land, of the Aina. And so the, the, how that land is stewarded, I think, is going to become more and more of a conversation. You know, and, and from the perspective of someone who's been engaged with that in the past, I think vegetation control is one that, that will come up often, and chiefly because of uh, the, the Potential of utilizing pesticides and runoff towards reef. So uh, I, I want to. I, I think we'll probably be keeping a close eye on that. Anything up country that has the potential to kind of move down towards the reef, which we also protect as part of our INA, you know. But there are mechanisms, uh, thank, thankfully, to be able to do that in a, in, a, in a healthy and responsible way. So that's an example of a trade-off. Okay, well, hey, the cane grass is going to grow. There's a lot of land here. We're utilizing it, investing it for 30 plus years into this uh, solar farm to, to, to do all these wonderful things. How do we protect uh, and, and ensure that we're doing it in the right way in the case of vegetation control? And there's going to be others. I think we're discovering them more and more too. You know, it interjects is public uh, archaeologist and biologist uh, session. It was really remarkable how in depth they went 
to ensure that we were taking the right steps in terms of waterways, in terms of the, uh, the animals, in terms of the flora and fauna. I, I felt it was very detailed, very responsible, and that's all being compelled by the requirement for public discourse and for that, th- those studies. Right, and, and I got to give those guys credit. I mean, I, I really do. I, um, um, most of these projects that are being developed are done by IPPs, in, in independent power producers, third parties. They're not our projects. Um, and quite candidly, there are varying degrees of how engaged they have been with different communities. I think probably in we could look back it, just in the last few years, and I think the engagement level that it took, yeah. when we talk about meaningful engagement, that it is yeah. not having a meeting at the high school on Wednesday night at six o'clock and everybody get up and say something. It's like, okay, folks, thanks, appreciate it. And we check that box and, and that was yeah. our that was our meaningful public engagement. That's that doesn't fly anymore. And folks like Interjects, I think, have really set a high standard for for meaningful public engagement to the point of they listened to concerns and they made adjustments to the project that ended up costing them time, but they're trying to make the point that they're okay, we're, we're listening to the community and we wanna do what we can do as much as we can do to, to address concerns that people have. Now, you know, can we make things invisible or silent? Um, you know, we can't, we can't do that. Um, the, you know, people, a lot of people want to have projects that are so far away from anybody that they, they never have to see them. And, and while that sounds great, why didn't you build it at X place? There's nobody lives over there. It's far away. Well, you, you have to hook it into the grid. And if it's 10 miles away from the closest connection to the grid, that's going to be a project that's not going to make sense financially. Um, because yeah. Everybody's bills are going to go up then because it's going to be so um, expensive to to connect it. So that's something that that is is a big part of siting projects too. Um, there have been developed, especially on the Big Island. I mean, there's a lot of empty space over there where you could put a project that no one would ever see, but it's very far away from the the grid infrastructure, and again, makes it cost prohibitive to run 10 miles yeah. of transmission lines. Um, to hook up a project. So, uh, but yeah, that meaningful public engagement, I think, again, Interjects has really set a pretty a good standard for that. And will everyone ever all 100% be, you know, happy with, with every project? I think that's probably a pretty high standard that I'm not sure we're going to ever meet. But um, we certainly are going to meet the standard of everybody got a chance to see what the project was early on and make a, you know, contribute to the, to the, to the process in the past where people felt like, you know, Oh, sorry, you had your one shot. That was it. No more. You know, I, I think what you said about interject setting the bar high is really accurate. How many companies are involved in these, uh, these projects? Is it maybe a dozen or so or something? Like yeah, that? that's probably, probably about right. And some of them are, are very experienced and have multiple projects, interjects, AES projects that they've they've done elsewhere that they've done a lot. And then there are some that have done fewer, but all of those projects to make the, um, for us to select them as part of this most recent project process, all these are experienced developers. We're not going with anybody with this is their first go around. So they, they have to have the financing capability. They have to show projects that they've built elsewhere that have been successful. And they have to have a credible and realistic public engagement strategy. Um, and they have to live by that. Um, and that's really important. Well, I think it'll be really helpful if over the course of the next few years, and some of these projects will, will be deployed if things do go smoothly, uh, whatever that means, smoothly in a, in a global pandemic. Uh, the, right. uh, we could see these systems up and running in as little as a few years, right? By 2023 range. Yeah, I, I'm hoping. You know, I, I think realistically, there are a number of projects that have been approved that are that are, I guess you could say, shovel ready. Uh, but I know there are issues in terms of getting the components. You know, there's a lot of components that come from China, Korea. Um, and they obviously have been affected by the pandemic as well. Um, there's, you know, having the uh, um, quarantine for traveling to Hawaii, I think, has been difficult. There's a lot of expertise. That's not, 
like you say, you're bringing in guys, engineers from other places. Sometimes you're bringing in, you know, um, you got to have people coming in. Um, I know that's been one of the issues they've had over at uh, Puna Geothermal, you know, getting mm -hmm. done over there because they're bringing in a lot of experts from, from elsewhere to help get the system back up and running. And, and it's hard bringing people over here with, with all that's going on. By the way, Puna Geothermal, that is so wonderful to hear that base, what, 26% or so renewable energy component of the renewable energy mix, it, that is wonderful to hear that, that that was able to be re, you know, put back on the grid functioning because there was a time there where we didn't know, right? There was a time where well, we there's still, there's still, um, there's one, there's uh, an open regulatory uh, application on that um, to get them hooked up to our grid again because we have to rebuild mm -hmm. some transmission lines. But, you know, we're, we're anticipating, and they are, that they will get back online um, later this year. And that is, your, is, I mean, that's a classic case. We're running a base load fossil fuel-powered power plant to make up for the loss of PGV. So, you're, you're, um, you know, that, that's the option right now with that. Yeah, huge difference uh, having that online versus offline for yep. Hawaii. A couple more things and we'll wrap it up. Well, let me ask you this real fast. Uh, you know, of course we have this, this quarantine in effect presently for anyone coming into the islands at the moment. So we have a 14-day quarantine. You have to self-quarantine effectively. There's some discussion, as I understand it, at the governor's office for, and I've been kind of pinging them back and forth over the last couple of weeks for various reasons, trying to understand uh, if this pre-test is going to allow for um, elimination of the need for that quarantine, but that still hasn't been determined yet. But I, I know that projects are being held up, some that I'm involved with right now, substantial microgrid projects and really interesting things that have been pushed out two, three months uh, as a result of this. But so I guess we're, you know, hopefully, I mean, do you have any read on, on, on how this is being impacted? No, I mean, I, I think it's fair to say we, you know, we and the, and the Public Utilities Commission asked us and asked the developers that have projects that are kind of queued up, whether they are um, seeing any, none of them have pulled out or, or withdrawn their projects as a result of the pandemic. And they were asked whether, you know, are you going to need to do that? And, and none of them said they were. So we take that as a, as a good sign, but Great. projects that we thought were probably coming up would be online by 2021. I think, you know, that's probably not realistic if they haven't started turning dirt in 2020. Right. Uh, right. So everything is probably going to get pushed back a little bit. Here's one for you that I, I know is, is, is often discussed in the industry and um, in the community probably would, would perceive this as pretty important. Is there any, um, anything compelling these companies, these dozen kind of companies, these juggernauts that have come in with these huge uh, portfolio uh, and, and balance sheets uh, to do these projects and big investments in the community, is there anything compelling them to hire local talent as opposed to in, in, uh, bringing in uh, EPCs or, or companies from other places? Because this is something that could have an immediate impact on the local economy. And in the past, I know it wasn't always such. I mean, and here's the thing, from a really practical on the you know, frontline kind of perspective, we've definitely seen it that you'd have you know, companies coming in, not necessarily for you know, utility projects, for commercial projects, for example, and not necessarily observing all the rules here in, 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 and then being able to undercut the pricing uh, for a lot of reasons. You know, they don't have the overhead that we, that we I'm not in the industry anymore, but that, you know, right. my, my colleagues have. Is there anything compelling that? And is there anything we can do to encourage that and just to help spur the economy and get these guys working? Well, I, I know we, um, I, I think from my conversations with some of these guys, I think their preference would be to do exactly that, to hire locally if they can. I think with a lot of projects, you know, the problem with having 29 projects all lined up together is you got 29 projects all clumped together and all of these people theoretically at the same time are going to be looking for the same kind of expertise and labor right. to get those projects going. I know when I worked on Kauai, there was a, a time when, when we basically were just, were just kind of jammed up because there were a couple projects that were going. There were projects that actually the guys were working on the other islands, and and things slowed down just because we couldn't we couldn't source 
to help locally. So I think most of the developers are motivated to, to do that. Um, but then at some point it's, you know, time is money. And, and um, I, I think, you know, that that's going to win out in some of these cases, but no, I think, and I, you know, the ones that have been around for a while, like again, AES and interjects and some of the others, they understand how their participation in the economy has a ripple effect and it does engender, you know, goodwill and community support. If you're not seeing 25 guys flying in from Denver to do the work. Um, and when you're seeing local guys that are getting the jobs, I think they, they absolutely get that. And that's what they're yeah. they would think inclined to do. Yeah. I'd say as you talk, it's like a lot of ideas are kind of percolating in my mind here, but maybe we'll reserve it for another show. You know, it's been great speaking with you and I really, once again, appreciate you taking the time to jump on the solar coaster with us. Is there any, are there any final words for our listeners or anything you'd like to share as we, as we wrap this up? No, I, uh, Josh, I really appreciate uh, you uh, inviting me. I've really enjoyed it. And uh, again, I hope people will get involved. You can go on our website and you can see also the State Energy Office is a great website. They have a list of upcoming community meetings um, for various projects on different islands. And again, you can, you don't have to get in your car and drive any place. You can participate virtually. And uh, I really would encourage people to to educate themselves and, and find out about these projects and, and ask questions and, and that, that'll help get these things moving. Okay, well, this has been Jim Kelly uh, from Hawaiian Electric. You heard it right here, everybody. Uh, you know, we are making history in Hawaii and it's all happening at this moment. There's a great opportunity to reboot our economy with a, a, a new mix uh, with the foundational element being renewable energies. And I, I couldn't be more excited and appreciative. So aloha and thank you so much, Jim. And we look forward to having you on again in the future. Thanks, Josh. Aloha. Okay, folks. Well, that was uh, Jim Kelly, Vice President of Corporate Relations at Hawaiian Electric. Quite an interview. We did uh, run that for 45 minutes, but it was a lot to talk about, Jay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's nice to get the information right from the uh, utility sometimes. It's kind of a rare thing, uh, but it, it's, they're definitely putting a ton of money, ton of time into really looking at revamping the infrastructure. And uh, at the end of this, it's going to be much better for everybody. No kidding. Four billion dollar investment, 29 active projects. Uh, something like a dozen of these major companies coming in here doing this business. And uh, not to mention the fact that he said they're counting on every homeowner to uh, get solar to meet that 100% renewable energy mandate. So I thought it was a cool uh, conversation. Really appreciated their time. So thanks to our sponsors, uh, Sundrum Solar, EnduraShield, Perfectly Clear Glass, Maui Office of Economic Development's Kamaaina First Program, and of course, Solar Edge and a bunch of other great companies. Uh, I'll tell you what, folks, we're going to head over to Maui Brewing Company. They're reopened and see all our good friends out there. Uh, why don't you come and join us today? Maui Brewing Company. Happy 4th, everyone. Right now. And right now. Right now. And aloha Friday. Friday.